you want to take a drink? You can take a drink. Well, I was going to say, who's recording this? Who uh, Who's recording this? We are. Who's, who's going to start? This is going to be great. Who's going to start? <laughs> I feel like I have to leave this in. I'll start. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Here we go. Three, two, one, and. Welcome to the Movies to Watch Before You Die podcast. I'm Dylan, and I am with my co-host. Gab. And we are, for the first time, talking about a movie that was suggested by a listener, a viewer, a listener. We don't have views. You know what I mean, yeah. though. And first, I feel like we started doing this a couple weeks back and we stopped doing it. Uh, why Why are you listening to us talk about movies? What, what do we know? Do we know anything? Do we have any expertise in this? I think we have adjacent expertise, and I think that's what makes this so exciting. So I uh, am a former actor. I went to college for acting. Um, I have my degree in theater performance. I spent a lot of time in the television industry. Um, I am very familiar with that medium. Uh, my film knowledge is lackluster. So this was born of a way for Dylan to get me to watch some movies that he's always been telling me to watch and for me to do the same. I have a degree in film, video, and interactive media, and more than anything, though, I am just very passionate about movies. Mm. I think my dream job had always been just to be like Roger Ebert, basically, um, who I could not find. I know we've been going to his reviews a lot. I could not find a review from him on today's movie, but let's talk about what today's movie is. So first of all, shout out to Scotty Cameron, who was the first person to suggest a movie to us, and boy, what a ride this movie was. Uh, Neither (laughs) one of us has seen this movie before. I had seen some clips. Today's movie was Vampire's Kiss, starring Nicolas Cage from 1988, no, 1989. I think I saw kind of both, which was weird. So I think it might have premiered at some festivals in 1988 and got a wide release in 1989. I saw a lot of conflicting information on this movie, including the genre. The genre confused me a bit, too, but I think I can give you more about that when we get to the facts. Sure. So, Gab, what's the plot of this movie? And I'm so glad I'm throwing this on you and I get to just read the actual plot summary. (laughs) Because good luck describing this. What's this all been about? What am I working toward? You think you know everything about me, don't you? I die, but you're bottom. I bloody well ought to. So what I'm going to try to do, number one, is avoid spoilers in the in the the plot description. Number two, I'm going to try to avoid how I felt about it. And number three, um... I don't think there ever was a third thing. So we're on a roll. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is why we can't do this after I've had a long day. So, okay. To avoid spoilers and to avoid uh, explaining how I felt about it. um, I would say this is a movie about a man who believes he has been bitten by a vampire and turns into one. And okay you know what that was good that was succinct and quite frankly it's very close to what the actual one is and I think it's good that we try and introduced without spoilers because to let you know now listener we will spoil the crap out of everything we talk about absolutely it's just when will we start spoiling it so blanket spoiler warning for the whole show that you're listening to because at some point we're just going to start wildly spoiling things so what does the imdb plot summary say after an encounter with a neck biter a publishing executive thinks that he's turning into a vampire which is pretty spot on for what you said Wow. Pretty dang close. Keep it simple, yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. calling you stupid. No, it's okay. Today you can. <laughs> Tagline. <laughs> Seduction, romance, murder. The things one does for love. Insane. Okay. All right, Gab. We got to stop talking about Vampire's Kiss, which was requested by Scotty Cameron, so we can go to the mail time, which first of all includes a comment from Scotty Cameron. 
I am shocked. This is unbelievable. <laughs> mail time! When you control the mail, you control information. Mom asked me to ask you if there's any mail for us here by mistake. What? On the birdcage, Scotty said, I didn't realize Robin Williams said fuck the senator when talking about Gene Hackman. I watched the movie on public TV, so lines like that would have been censored. I do agree with Gab that it is a movie to watch before you die. Yes. Yes. You couldn't see it, but Gab just like froze in a smile. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Dylan, you got me to agree that Raiders of the Lost Ark, Hot Fuzz, and The Thing are movies to watch before you die. It's a little dated. Gene Hackman even mentions that Jeb Bush is the governor of Florida, which would have been the late 90s, early 2000s. I think characters like Agador are meant to parody stereotypes of gay people to show how absurd it is that people view gay people like that. Which I don't necessarily think that's the case, but you could, I suppose you could make the argument of it. I, I don't think that's the case at the time of the birdcage, but I think maybe that's the case more now. I'm, uh, yeah, that's uh, why that's why I would say you could make the argument. I don't think that's what they were going for, but you could make yeah. that argument. Yeah. I know Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor from the Christopher Reeve Superman films. Gene Hackman was also Defense Secretary David Bryce in the movie No Way Out, which I saw on this TV right before the birdcage, which I don't think I know that movie. Although I feel like if I looked it up, I would have heard of it. I don't know. Yeah. I should have worded the comment about the gang in the movie not being skinheads better. Gav, the most you said about me prior was bemoaning the fact that I thought Hot Fuzz was a movie to watch before you die, which just made me laugh. Great show as always, and stay yappy. Yappy, of course, referring to the Jump on the Batwagon podcast on the Pod Tower YouTube channel and other podcast places that we often reference to. Um, so that we, was... We, well, I, I don't belong to... This is not a royal we in terms of me and you. <laughs> We is in me, Scotty Cameron, and of course, Teen Machine, who also sent in a message. Whoa. So, subject, congrats on 10 episodes. Greetings, Dylan and Gap. To celebrate your completion of 10 podcast episodes, I thought it'd be fun to take a listen back through your past verdicts that have brought us to where we are today. Please enjoy. And Dylan, there's no time limit yet imposed on this realm, so you'll have to forgive my voice message breaching the one minute mark. Wow. Keep it keen. Previously on Movies to Watch Before You Die. So my expectations weren't met, but that is not the movie's fault. That's America's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Would my future children have to see this movie someday? No. I, like I said, I wouldn't turn it off if it were coming on TV. So that's where I stand. I'm sorry that we disagree. Uh, Maybe next week. I, I mean, I don't really trust the vatican for a great sense of humor but okay well you know what i don't really trust you for a great sense of humor anymore, <laughs> so how about that <laughs> i don't think that uh it changed my life i don't think it's a movie that you have to watch before you die and um i think my, my life is no better off now i guess it's nice that we agree that this is like this yeah. was not good not good i can tell you not good don't don't watch this um, I am not going into this with the the idea that I, I want to dislike it or I want to disagree. I'm just being honest. Yeah, I would say it's it's not a movie to watch before you die. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Thank you. If somebody needed a fun way to spend an hour and a half, would you tell them to watch this movie? No. Because I can think of so many... <laughs> no, f*** you. I can just think of so many better... <sighs> movies okay people can change dylan yeah you sound desperate right now (laughs) i just really love this movie and i'm gonna be so angry if you don't love it
oh i i liked it i liked it and i'm like <laughs> so hesitant i can't i can't gab i'm sorry oh my god Will Dylan and Gab ever be able to positively agree on a film? Will they ever find a movie to watch before we die? Tune in now to find out on this week's episode of the podcast. This voice message is brought to you by me, Keen Machine. <laughs> Keep it keen. So first of all, oh utterly raising God. the bar for mail and voice messages. Wow. Wow, I cannot believe that that's the coolest thing anybody's ever made for me. How freaking cool is that? That's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I'm, uh, you can't see this listener, but my mouth was open from start to finish. She looks foolish, but obviously <laughs> impressed, as wow. was I. Um, I, like, I'm fully, uh, I guess, you know, I'll ask first, but I totally am like, oh, I should just steal that and use that to advertise the podcast. <laughs> like, oh my wow. God, you have to. It's so good. Like, what are we doing on Instagram? We got to be using that. Wow. Keen Machine, listen, Scotty Cameron, I, I still think you're awesome, but Keen Machine has taken the top spot. Number one fan for me. Okay, well, let's not rank fans. That seems like a bad <laughs> way to go. We you love you. Right we love both of our fans. <laughs> <laughs> we we love both of we, you When we have single digit fans, we can't ostracize anybody, okay? <laughs> So, Fine. Scotty, thank you so much for commenting all the time. We very much appreciate it. Yep. Keen, we very, very much appreciate this voice message. This was amazing and very wow. surprising and super cool. Um, Will we agree today on Vampire's Kiss? I hope so. Me too. So, Gab, I think it is time for us to start voicing our opinions. We gave the briefest version of what the plot is, but let's get to our opinions and let's talk about Vampire's Kiss. In this critic's opinion... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. All right. Well, um, obviously, spoilers. I'm going to go right into it. So the beginning of this movie, I thought to myself a number of things. Number one, I thought, who recommended this and why do they hate us? <laughs> what did we do wrong? That's the first thing I thought. Then I thought, Nicolas Cage had a career after this. Like <clears throat> he went on to do more things. How is that possible? This is horrendous. His accent, his, the voice he uses, like forget the accent for a moment. He uses this crazy sort of very breathy voice that is very difficult to listen to. He does his um, voice gap and he uses it for the entire film. And just when you think he's going to stop, he goes even harder. It's insane. It's so, um, let, let me backtrack a little bit. So at first I was like, this is terrible. There's a scene and it's it's actually a scene that I went back, recorded on my phone and sent you a three second clip of where he sees a bat. He like stops, does this crazy hair thing and then runs out of the room. And I was like, this is the worst acting I've ever seen. Um, I thought to myself, I would do anything to be watching Clerks right now. I would do anything to be watching the Lizzie McGuire movie right now. <laughs> this is horrendous. And that is why... I said to you offline a couple of seconds ago, I had to watch this movie in three different sittings because I just, I would just be like, I, I can't, I can't give my full attention to this. It's just, it's too tough. So that's how I felt about it. The the first time I, I sat down to watch it, I watched about 45 minutes and he, what happened was based on the voice he was using and the things that he was saying, I thought, well, clearly he's a vampire 
like from from the very beginning from the first scene i was like obviously he's a vampire he's got this weird voice he's got this weird hair he does these weird things with his face he's clearly a vampire then he gets bitten by a vampire and i'm like oh god he wasn't a vampire the whole time now he's a vampire um because i just thought he was being such a weirdo but nope that's just nicholas cage acting and then I turned it off because I, I I just I couldn't take it anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> the second time I watched it, I watched up until he um goes to the nightclub. So there's only like 20 minutes left in the film at that point. And I was just like, okay, whatever. This is this is terrible. This is bad acting. He like rapes the secretary. He tries to shoot himself. I'm like, this is just this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Then I sat down to watch the final 20 minutes about 40 minutes ago. And I thought, this is actually kind of good. <laughs> he's, he's actually doing a pretty good job. I get it now. He's not a vampire. He never was a vampire. <laughs> it's just crazy. And then I felt so bad for how poorly i treated nicholas cage but i don't take it back i do think it was terrible i think all the choices that were made were terrible in the acting i think everyone in the movie is terrible i think the writing is terrible i think the whole thing is terrible but at the end he really redeemed himself and i noticed uh i did some imdb searching and uh he did win best actor for some uh i have that festival. here too the Cal catalonian international film festival yeah, which and, just and... kept making me think of it's the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I thought, all right, I guess if every other nominee were bad, I probably would have picked him too, based on the last twenty minutes. So that's that's my very long winded way of telling you what I thought. Well, how about you? You know what? I, I, I spent long stretches of this movie because at first I was thinking of this as like a straight horror film yeah. or like a straight thriller. And I was thinking of this movie and I was like, boy, this feels like a much worse version of American Psycho. Yes, I thought the exact same thing. A hundred percent from and honestly, even when the movie ended, I I, I hold true to that thought. I, I still think I would think that except for the fact that by the time I finished this, I was like, is this a good horror movie? No, no. Is this a great comedy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I got to say, as much as like. I started off being like, there's long stretches of stuff where nothing's happening. You're like, man, this is bad. But as things go on, it just it like it sort of just builds steam. And eventually I'm like really having fun with it. And I can tell you the first moment that I audibly laughed out loud. Yeah. And I probably could have laughed out loud sooner into the movie. But <laughs> poor Alva. But it's the moment where he's <laughs> calling and he's buzzing Alva and she's not responding because oh, her boss is a psychopath. Yeah. And he comes out into, I guess, the room where all the secretaries or whatever they are, assistants are, and he jumps up on the desk and goes, there you are! And I just, <laughs> I just went, like, I just could not hold it in. Yeah, yeah. And is Nicolas Cage's performance, like, I don't know how to say this, because it is a good performance. It's not a good, serious performance, but he is giving so goddamn much yeah. like nobody can say he i've never seen nicholas cage half-ass her performance yeah and yeah. what's interesting is i was like did this put him on the map like because i thought this was really early in and it's one of his first like major starring roles but this came he did raising arizona 
which I don't know if you've seen that, but that was a pretty major movie, the Coen Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Then Moonstruck, which I know Cher wins an Academy Award. I don't know if he's nominated, but I know he's big in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then this. So I'm like, just kind of surprised by it. And I feel like it's somewhat a thing I respect about Nicolas Cage. Although it's also somewhat a laughable thing. He just sort of does everything. Yes. Yeah, you know his I mean? repertoire is tremendous. And, you know, I think going back to what you said about, like, it being a comedy, um, it felt like, and we've but we've said this before about, about Georgia Rule, actually, um, it's like it could have been a comedy if it were, I don't want to say funnier, but, like, maybe more intentionally funny. And it could have been a thriller if it weren't so unintentionally funny. And so it kind of just lives in this like mediocre, like halfway genre. Um, And to be honest, I thought to myself, The Room is a much more entertaining movie that is also like scary bad. Well, these are, this is a movie that, like the room if by the end of this i'm telling you it's a movie to watch before you die it is not because it is just good on its on what it's set at to it's not good on what it's set out to do right it is so poor at what it's set out to do that it is great in the attempt you know what i mean yeah yeah um yeah and but i, I really like I, did did you flip at for the last 20 minutes did you think holy shit he's actually really good or like this movie is kind of interesting or so let me backtrack let me ask you a different question did you believe the whole time? So I'm going to go as far as to say, even when he got the fake vampire teeth. So if you're listening, you didn't see the movie and, uh, you know, we're not really selling it to you. Um, he gets bitten by this vampire. He's convinced that he is a vampire. He goes to a costume shop and buys the plastic vampire teeth that they like hand out at Halloween. Which I love by this point. There's like, I'm sorry, it's so not important, but there's like a $20 set of teeth. And they're like, well, yeah, these are made out of this and fiberglass and they're slightly yellow to for greater realism. And he's like, I'll take that. And they're 20 bucks, which I guess it's late 80s. So maybe that's more pricey. Yeah. But he doesn't have the 20 bucks. So he has to buy like the $4 cheap <laughs> best ones. And I'm like, why is this necessary? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly. But he gets the cheap plastic ones. And at that point, I'm still... And maybe this is because I wasn't really paying like a super close attention. Maybe it's because I had just resigned myself to the fact that it was a bad film. I did not understand that he wasn't a vampire. I'm like, oh, he's turning into a vampire. His teeth probably didn't cut yet. He's getting these fake ones to just to, to make himself feel better. See, and what's funny is I never, ever for a second thought he was a vampire. Fuck. <laughs> because there's a scene so early on after after he has... The first time, I think, with Rachel, where she bites his neck. And, you know, he has this weird thing where he's like, I was with this bat. Oh, I my God. I was quite aroused. But after that and after Rachel, there's a scene where in the morning he's like, oh, and I've brought you some coffee, my dear. Yes. And, and she's nobody's gone. there. And his yeah. head is just shaking. And I'm like, oh, so he's he's just crazy. And the movie is telling us he is just crazy. So I'm an idiot. Because I even wrote down, I wrote so many notes, I'm going to have to rattle them off to you at some point because they're very <laughs> funny. Um, So I wrote, Rachel turns him into a vampire. He wasn't one the whole time because I really thought with the way he was behaving that he was just a vampire. Um, 
What a glorious Sunday. How nice to not have to go into work. No comments on my coffee, please. If you don't like it, I'll send out. I'll, I do it all the time. And then I wrote, she's clearly not there. He goes to hand her the coffee. Then his handshakes? WTF. <laughs> so, so were you like, is this a mirror image and she's invisible? <laughs> I was like, he doesn't realize she's she left? I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I have I some like super random notes here too and i okay. did like giselle was next to me walk, like while i was watching this but she wasn't actively watching with me so like she's sort of looking up at times and at one point she just goes this is a comedy right and i went <laughs> i don't think intentionally <laughs> <laughs> i wrote that's turned me on see you next week therapist like <laughs> I love that that's just like yes I love that the therapist was like, we're winding down now, you know, last couple of seconds. Anything else you want to mention? He was like, yeah, I saw I saw a bat and uh, you know what? I'm into it. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I okay. got very aroused. Yeah. Um, This is fully Nicholas Cage's Patrick Bateman, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Children should be taught the alphabet by Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That it was very says, funny. Now that I've accepted this is a comedy, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, there's a scene where I think it's like one of the last times Rachel is seducing him and he's just horribly cross-eyed the entire time. Yes, and I'm yes. like, he has to be doing this on purpose. <laughs> Although the entire movie he is making facial expressions that are like so not expressions a human makes. And I, yes. I think there are parts in like, let's get to the facts where I'll be able to address some of that. But there are still parts of it where I'm like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, I'm like, I literally wrote down this is a master class on face acting. Yes. I do. <laughs> like, straight up. Also, him looking in the mirror. And again, it's another moment where you can tell he's just delusional. He's going, Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? And it's like, We, we see you in the mirror, dude. Like, you're there. Yeah. And I, again, this is a moment where I was like, Oh, this is going for comedy, clearly, because <laughs> you have the guy who goes, You're in a bathroom, but I'm taking a dump. Like, I was like, <laughs> Okay, yes. sold on this scene. It works. Like there are so <laughs> many moments that work. Yeah, work as common. Yeah, yeah um, I guess. One thing that totally took me out of, it, and I think it's because we had an unfortunately like tragic version of it in like the past year or two, was Nicolas Cage putting a gun with blanks in his mouth and pulling the trigger, and like nothing oh, happens. And I'm yeah. like, that's not how that works. We know yeah. well too much now. Yeah, I thought that too. I thought number one. Uh, even the blanks would have killed him just yes. the sheer force. But number two, I was like, oh, my God, on the movie set. Can you imagine if Nicolas Cage accidentally blew his brains out? Like, holy shit. Um, yes. So yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like, oh, this feels like it's aged poorly just because of real life events. Yeah. That's not the movie's fault, though. No, not at all. There's like one or two weird things that aren't Nicolas Cage weird things that I wanted to point out. Okay. Alva goes over to her brother, which... I can't tell how old they're supposed to be, but it feels like they're like 35 living with their parents. Yes, I thought that too. I was like, okay, time to leave the nest. And the brother goes, what's the matter, baby? And I was like, okay, that feels yeah. weird. Again, in the sea of things that we were at in the movie already, I was like, eh, whatever. But I just jotted that, it down. It felt a little West Side Story to me. I was like, is he about to like go get Tony and Riff and like go <laughs> snapping into the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what is happening? I wrote down here, why can't he just buy the good teeth? Why does he have to not have somebody <laughs> for the good teeth? Is it just so that he looks more ridiculous with those fake white teeth? But again, why even have why even show him the good teeth then? Right. <laughs> I I did really enjoy the scene where it's like his last I feel like it's his last grand delusion where he's simultaneously imagining himself having the conversation with the therapist where he's still holding the wooden stake, but he's all put together and he's meeting this new woman. Mm -hmm. And then you just see him on the street 
a dilapidated mess. And I feel like I can't tell if the extras are really good in this movie or if there's several times where people just had no idea they were shooting a movie because so many people are giving very realistic looks like, stay away from this crazy guy in the streets of New York. <laughs> yes. And it's early enough that Nicolas Cage might not be like instantly recognizable to people, but they are like, what the hell is going on? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's so funny because I actually even made a note and I noticed that too. But prior to that, I wrote, um, even the background actors are overacting. And then at one point when he was in the nightclub, um, everybody was dancing. There were lots of cuts of people dancing and they were all expressionless. There's also a guy in the nightclub who looks like <laughs> the, like the Dollar General or Dollar Tree version of Stevie Wonder. <laughs> like, I just kept noticing him. And I think of that line from The Office where they're like, oh, we love Stevie. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just kept thinking, like, yeah. why is this guy here? He stands out so much. That's so funny. So let me read you a couple of the notes that I wrote. Um, I'll just rattle off some of the good ones. I wrote, this movie is less about a vampire and more about an office that needs a better HR department. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> he's Poor just, like, Alba. He just like rapes her. He to an just extent. Rapes her. Not blaming Alva at all. But there are so many times, obviously, you know, not blaming her for the rape. <laughs> right. But there's right. like seven times before we get to that point where he's like, no, I've changed. I'm going to be cool. I promise. And she's like, he says he's going to be cool. And I'm like, Alva, come on. <laughs> he it's said that so 10 true. times already. And also, in fairness, I started thinking to myself, like, yo, if my boss was like, my life depends on you finding this document, I probably wouldn't punch out at 4.59. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do absolutely love, though, we get to hear Frank on the phone be like, take your time. No big deal. And yeah. I was like, the fact that he hangs with the phone and he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh my God. It was also like kind of like that whole plot line was a little ridiculous to me where it's like he's some like literary agent, but he's obviously not like his name isn't on the door. Like it's he works for an agency. He does not own an agency. Yes. And he needs to find a contract that is in the office. It's just in a file. And it's like it causes him that much heartache. But I think obviously like knowing he's crazy it's like okay that makes sense and that's why nobody else was really reacting the way that he was reacting but anyway and um, just like patrick bateman he is just like some executive who makes a really good salary and sort of does nothing yeah right 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 like his true. his real job is just badgering alba yes yeah so at one point um my boyfriend who very generously offered to watch this with me and i said no i was like i'm not gonna put you through that i'll watch it on my own i was gonna say um, all three times or <laughs> looking back i should have just taken him up on it so i could have watched it in one shot and had somebody to keep me accountable to the obvious plot lines that i missed he reminded me that um nicholas cage is a coppola yeah he's credited I... one of the first movies that he did was uh, fast times at ridgemont high he's oh. one of spicoli's friends he doesn't say a word in it um, no, not one of Spicoli. I think he might be one of Spicoli's friends too, but he also works at the fast food place in the beginning. He's credited as Nicholas Coppola. Wow. And he started well, going by Nicholas Cage because he didn't want to go off the family name. Right, right, right. Well, I wrote down this motherfucker is a Coppola <laughs> after the first couple of, of scenes. Um, I wrote Nicholas Cage has never been attractive a day in his life. Um, See, I had that conversation with Giselle too. I was like, Nicholas Cage, kind of good looking here, but it's also like, What's going on with this hairstyle? And you know what? What's going there's on with this unibrow? There, <laughs> Nicholas Cage has been attractive in things, but he's also just so weird in things that you're like, what? Like, yeah, I just like he's really picking up it. women, and I'm like, okay, somehow this voice is doing it for these women at these bars, I guess. 
I don't know. He's I wrote he's chasing this girl around the building and into the woman's bathroom. Is there no HR department here? Do you think um, there was one woman who was like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> I think she might be the HR department. I think that's it. That must be all. Um, I wrote, why is the vampire chick invisible? <laughs> because mm. I didn't realize she was fake. <laughs> I'm oh, such an idiot. <laughs> I, I am so embarrassed, but also like, I mean, I, I have a bachelor's degree. Like I am higher. I have a higher education. This movie is just not good. Um, I, I think that you tr- you trusted the movie <laughs> a little too long. I think so. Now, to be fair to, to Nicolas Cage, to Peter's character. And to be unfair to Alva <laughs> unnecessarily. <laughs> how long does it take to find a goddamn file? Thank you. That's like, what I was by, saying. By day seven, you know what? I would have gotten restless too. When yeah. I have jumped on a desk or shaken my head like a cuckoo clock of some or kind. Or raped her. <laughs> I, I also would not have done that or insisted upon having her shoot me. <laughs> but I also would have been like, you know what? It's uncool that it's taken this long. Um, I wrote, uh, why does the vampire chick have hairy armpits? Did you notice that? I did not. Yep. Rachel has hairy armpits. Although Giselle um, apparently noticed that you can see nipple tape at times. Oh, interesting. I didn't notice that. Wow. Well, that's why we keep her around. Um, yeah, then I why. wrote about <laughs> about Alba. I wrote, this grown-ass woman is getting yelled at by her mother to go to work? Again, I'm like, part of me was like, is Alba supposed to be younger? And uh, I feel like the makeup in this movie is kind of weird. Yes. Alva right. and the therapist both look kind of weird at times. Like Alva at times, I'm like, why are your lips so red? Yeah. You know what I mean? In like a weird way. And the therapist, yeah. I'm like, why Why does it look like you're kind of doing like this weird, I don't want to say brown face, but she looks like she's been, you know, I think Giselle used, uh, said using the wrong foundation. And I was like, that kind yeah. of makes sense. Because it looks yeah. like a sketch comedy of Amy Sedaris. I don't know yes. if you know Amy Sedaris, but yes. it, looks like, it looks like she's going to quote like, um broad city be like i was cyber bullied within an inch of my life last night (laughs) i can't tell what's going on with her at times but i'm like okay (laughs) it's bad it's bad and then the last thing i wrote was wow he's really dropping hard c's (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that yes (laughs) like 13 times he's like really taking it off the road um yeah all right so anyway those are my notes i do also really like at one point the woman leaves him a voicemail and she's like you know, fuck you or something. And he's just laying on the couch and to, just to himself because he she can't hear him. He goes, fuck you too. <laughs> like, like, yeah, he, no, I actually have that in my notes. He goes, well, fuck you too, sister. <laughs> yes, I forgot sister. <laughs> sister. Insane. Oh my God. Okay. All right, let's move on. Should I guess we should get to some facts. Yeah, let's, let's spit some facts. Spit some truth, Dill. I want the truth! Face the facts, dokes. Facts have no place with an organized religion. Tell the people. So I have a a whole bunch of things here. Do you want me to go over first um, commentary or sort of like trivia about the movie? You pick. I really, it's it's all the same to me. I didn't even know what was happening. I'll be brief with the commentary. So first (laughs) of all, obviously, if you haven't realized by now, the movie stars Nicolas Cage, and this really is his movie. I'm not even going to mention another actor in it. Yeah. yeah. He won Best Actor at the Catalina Wine Mixer or at the 1989 (laughs) Catalonian International Film Festival, one or the other. It's written by Joseph Minion, who I didn't see having written anything else major. Directed by Robert Bierman, who I haven't seen directing anything else I'd heard of. Tracks. Um, so before we give you the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb scores, let's see what I listened to some audio commentary from the director and Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage called this a horror comedy. 
And he said this and Face Off are two of his favorite movies he's ever made. And he said he's always taking a chance to stay interested in what he's doing and to stay interesting. And you know what? That is totally fair. Because yeah. he is clearly just taking chances left and right in this movie. Yeah. He said loneliness and inability to find love drive Peter insane in the commentary. And I'm like, okay. Nicholas Cage said he took his $40,000 pay from this movie. Because as you can tell, this was a pretty low budget movie. So I guess yeah. I'm not sure if that was a big amount or not. But he said he bought his first sports car with it that he still has to this day. Wow. Uh, the director and Nicolas Cage during the commentary are also laughing at this movie. <laughs> like, oh, good, they're good, actively good. laughing at parts of this movie. And Nicolas Cage, after he tries to shoot himself the blank, he says he wanted to try and say boo-hoo in an emotional way. Yes. He attempted, because he goes, boo! boo yes! And I yes, did not yes, realize yes. that's what he's doing. And I'm like, god damn, he pulled it I off. wrote that down too. <laughs> I wrote down, why does he go boo-hoo? because <laughs> he was like I w he, he literally says in the commentary i really want to try and say boo-hoo just in like an emotional way you know <laughs> and we're just like oh, okay he, yes. he said about the voice that he is sort of doing an impression of his father who was a professor and tried to speak with distinction the director said he did not even notice the accent which i'm like okay nicholas cage i sort of you know you were doing something director where were you sir honestly <laughs> Oh, God, it's like hard to listen to. Nicholas Cage said he cracked like he was laughing at some of his expressions in the commentary too. just these faces he was making. Like he's going, oh, my God, what is that face in the commentary? And I'm like, this is hysterical. Good, good. I'm glad. He said he auditioned the alphabet sequence in his hotel room to his cat, Lewis. I just thought that was cute. Wait, wait, wait. He auditioned. Yeah, he was practicing the alphabet sequence. Uh, oh, with his so cat he was Lewis rehearsing. You yeah, rehearsing. he used the word audition, I think. Or maybe I just screwed it up. Whatever. What, either way, you're both crazy. And the filmmakers, I guess the director and Nicolas Cage, both said that this is a somewhat ambiguous movie at the beginning of the commentary. And I was like, it is quite clear he's not actually becoming a vampire. But I guess maybe I'm wrong now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get it, but I don't think that makes it. I think it's pretty ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love that. That's our, our new <laughs> word, ambiguous. Yeah, it's pretty ambiguous, I would say. Okay, let's give some more facts here. Okay. So, uh, where am I? Box office. Oh, I saw this abysmal. Um, yeah, but it, it was such a cheaply made movie, too. So the budget was only $2 million. That's what they estimate. And you know what? It's a pretty small budget. I don't know. Although, again, I'm like, somebody said, yeah, I'll give hundreds of thousand dollars towards this movie. You know what yeah. I mean? People, people I mean, produce this. <laughs> what was the budget for Clerks? Um, less than 27000 Yeah. Thank you. 27000 this was the, $2 million? Come on. The box office for this, $725,738, which is super specific. Yeah. Critics' consensus. He's a vampire. He's a vampire. He's a vampire. That's what Rotten Tomatoes said. So funny. The IMDb score, 6 out of 10. The Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 53. Uh, and the tomato meter, 61. But you know what? There, This is a cult classic. So there are people out there whose personalities revolve around them liking this movie no offense scotty cameron i'm not saying you're one of them but there are people uh, just like the room just like a rocky horror picture show that like their whole life is how much they love this movie and they'll talk to you about it at any opportunity and they're the ones that are on there rating it highly so it's hard to trust that number is all I'm i don't saying. think so there are just like critical reviews that were somewhat decent all right and honestly, the critic score is higher than the audience score but also scotty cameron I, I, I kind of get it, but let's go on. IMDb featured review. 10 out of 10. Just keep watching. 
This yeah. is one of those movies you have to watch for the end to truly appreciate. It's a mess, but it goes places you can't imagine despite the workmanlike screenwriting and the slow pace at the beginning. It's worth it. Charlie Kaufman could have written it. It's so bizarre and beyond the norm for the silly Hollywood movie it's disguised as. I don't want to analyze it as some metaphor for a relationship with a blood-sucking bitch as others have or argue what's real and what's not. I watched it expecting some anemic late 80s comedy, and with that expectation, I found myself bolting upright in my chair in surprise at what it delivered. One of Nick Cage's best early performances ranks with Raising Arizona and Valley Girl, except he's never sympathetic, ever. In that sense, I understand what people mean when they say it's a monster movie. You know what? I agree. Couple other very brief reviews. Matt Brunson from Film Frenzy. Even by the standards of loony Nicolas Cage performances, Vampire's Kiss features one of the looniest. He pulls out all the stops, even some you didn't know exist. Peter Canavese from Celluloid Dreams. Not much in the plot department, at least until they spring the twist on you. Which I'm not sure what twist they mean. I mean, for me, the twist was when Nicolas Cage started being a good actor. <laughs> but it's dark, <laughs> strange, and very funny. This movie, along with Raising Arizona and Moonstruck, announced Nicolas Cage's enthusiasm for weird, but deeply committed comic performances. Which, again, I can't disagree with that either. Peter Travers yeah. from Rolling Stone. What this movie needs isn't criticism. It's more like a stake through the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Bob Grimm from Reno News and Review. Love that roach. Which extends into something. Yeah, hold on. I know where you're going. Back me up a bit. When does he eat the roach? When he is, I think he's just destroying his apartment or something like that. And at one point, there's a roach on his stove. He picks it up and eats it. Okay, I must have missed that part. And there's a cut in there which could have made it so that he did not actually eat the roach. But he says in commentary that he ate a real cockroach twice. And the, the director, apparently he and the director, the director was like, yeah, you were really difficult on set sometimes. So I made you do a second take. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I did read something that said he said he every muscle in his body fought him eating that roach, but he did it anyway. Yes. And all I could think of was for what? Did that save did that save your performance you know what they said he said something and i thought it kind of made sense he said that shot alone is worth you know whatever two million dollars in special effects because i've been in theaters watching this with people he said and when people see that scene they have a massive reaction and you know what it's a fair point yeah yeah all right um <laughs> i feel like you just said all right and then your eyes trailed off in such a fuck that way <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know. It's it's like, you know, in what's the movie that Leonardo DiCaprio with the bear that he won the Oscar for? The, the Revenant? Revenant. He did some crazy shit in that movie, too. And it's like, we only gave you this Oscar because we felt sorry for not giving it to you before. We were you just know? late, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you didn't really need to do that. Another thing from DVD commentary that I didn't hear, the director revealed that furniture and the glass that Peter destroys in his apartment after Jackie dumps him is all real furniture and glass. The scene could only be shot in one take. Two cameras were on set for the shot, and one of them broke. He still can't believe how he allowed Cage to perform such a potentially hazardous stunt. Mm. Uh, the film was a non-union production. While shooting the scene where Peter and Jackie leave the bar and hail a cab, there were dozens of union workers harassing the cast and crew, blowing bullhorns. Mm. Which it makes sense with this tiny of a budget. Um, according to associate producer and casting director Marcia Schulman, in order to get turned on, Cage asked to have hot yogurt poured over his toes while he was doing a love scene with Jennifer Beals. That is weird. No, no, no. I don't no, know. No. Again, this is from the, this is from the no. IMDb trivia section. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you say? Did I hear you say hot yogurt? Yes. <laughs> Poured I over his toes. I 
I, uh, all right. It, thank you so much for listening. And uh, this has been <laughs> Movies About Before You Die. <laughs> Breezing past that, other actors who were uh, considered for the role of Peter Lowe. Again, this comes from IMDb Trivia. I don't know if I trust this. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, my God. A vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Judd Nelson. Okay. John Travolta. Uh, honestly? Okay. Travolta, I mean, Travolta and Nicolas Cage sort of go hand in hand because I always think of Face Off, which I don't yeah. think you've ever seen. And it's like, no, the two just work together. It's like peanut butter and jelly, except in an insane asylum. Yeah, yeah. Um, And lastly, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I, I just don't believe that to be true. That can't But be. I love to imagine it, don't you? Yeah. It's too late, Alva. You should have gotten me the file sooner. <laughs> I'm going to I'm bite you and wake you. <laughs> Oh, Jesus like, Christ. I can't All imagine right. Schwarzenegger being like, now that I've done Predator and Commando, what's next? Maybe that <laughs> vampire's kiss. Like, I, I, Maybe somebody in the room one time was like, maybe we could get Schwarzenegger. And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the last thing I have here, the shots of Lowe walking down the street at the end, clearly mad and talking to himself, were filmed with a long lens from a distance. The people walking past him are actual people unaware that a movie is being filmed. For example, the couple that Lowe says, I'm a vampire, kill me too. While yeah. holding a stake are not actors, but real pedestrians passing by who have no idea a scene is being filmed. The reactions yeah. are genuine. That's so, great. I don't know how much of the movie that's happening for, but it feels like it's happening for a lot. Well, at least in that portion of the movie. Definitely there. Yeah, for sure. So, so every other paid actor, paid background actor, or maybe not paid background actor, um, was expressionless or so expressionful. Like in the, the initial scene where he meets Rachel in the bar, those background actors are like, it's like a, watching a middle school production where everyone in the background is going peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, the real people give great reactions to Nicolas Cage being yes. an absolute lunatic. They do. They do. All right. So we're running short on time. As we I'm are. sure I'm that you were just anxious. about to point out to me as well. Yes. Let's talk about our verdicts. Do or do not. There is no try. The guilty will be punished. Sentence to death. I want you to go first. You know Do you want what? me to go first? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous. Okay, so listen, I'm gonna say this. This this is a movie that I so so I I I'm thinking about it in terms of Corey saying, "Do you want me to watch this with you?" and me saying, "No, I wouldn't subject you to that. This is gonna be terrible." Um, I think I would sit down and watch it with him so that he could like experience what I experienced. I wouldn't do it in three parts. I'd be like, just watch. The end gets really good. The end gets really good. But I think after that. I would be like, I've had enough. I never need to see this again. Um, I think it's a, it's like a one night stand kind of movie. Um, I'm glad that we watched it, I guess. I don't think my life is any better for it. I don't see a need to ever watch it again. Uh, I don't think I'm going to quote it ever. I probably will only think about it around <laughs> Halloween time or when I see Nicolas Cage. My verdict is it is not a movie to watch before you die. Dylan. I definitely think I might quote it at times. Just the alphabet, too late, too late. And like, there's so many <laughs> yeah, other things. Yeah. Sure, but... maybe. This is such a good movie to watch in like a group. Like I feel like either in a group or if you're super fucked up, this is a very fun movie to watch. Sure. And I'm so tempted to call it a movie to watch before you die. Like I'm really like right on the cusp. And I'm I feel kind of similar. It's not a movie to watch before you die, but goddamn, is this fun? And I'm like, you know what? If you have a group of friends together, like next Halloween, it, it would if you guys are marathoning a bunch of movies and somebody randomly throws this in there, it's gonna be so funny to see the reactions from the crowd. 
Like yeah. if you're like, we're going to watch Halloween Scream in one other movie, what should we watch? And somebody's like, oh, uh, you have Vampire's Kiss. Let's watch that. Seeing the reactions of the people who haven't seen it is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's it's not something that I would say you need to watch before you die, but I wouldn't be opposed to it if you did watch it before you died. Yeah, I think I'd recommend it, but not call it a movie to watch before you die. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We agreed. Yeah, we, we yeah. agreed, but not on movie not, watch before you die. But we yeah, both yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. The list is still blank. Yes, we'll get there. All right. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this is the Movies to Watch Before You Die podcast. If you think of a movie to watch before you die, please send it to us at movies to watch before you die at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message on anchor.fm slash movies to watch. And just thanks for listening in general, peeps. And yeah. if you want to suggest a movie like Scotty Cameron did, we will watch it eventually. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z, Huh?